Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. Mm. You know, a lot of people, especially performers, get this idea. By the way, hi, hi, Jason. I'm sorry, hi, I just went right into it. That's I'm, fine. Yeah. You don't need to introduce me. They know Gee, who I, I had am. some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really short. <laughs> Oh, by the way, thank you, my listeners. Thank you. Please, you know, subscribe to this because mm-hmm. we do this every single week, mm-hmm. me and my buddy Jason. And uh, please write a review. Yes. We'd love that. We'd love to hear from you. We've gotten some really, really wonderful reviews and comments so far. And and it's really great because, you know, as we mentioned before, we're just sitting here recording. We don't really get the feedback from a live. I hate that. Yeah, I, and, so. and, you know, me as a performer, I go, I'm suck. I suck. Yeah. I suck. I suck. <laughs> I mean, sometimes a cat will look at me and go like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so thank you so much. And today, you know, a lot of people on this call are performers. And mm. I think they feel that if they go to teach what mm. they do... Loser. Yeah. Failure. What's the saying? Those who teach do something about those who can't do teach. Yes. Right? That's the put down. Mm -hmm. That's the put down. Mm -hmm. And you either are a performer or a teacher, but that's changing now. Didn't you just talk about something you just saw? uh, Took a master class from. Oh, yeah. Neil Gaiman. Who? Neil Gaiman. One of the greatest living, uh, basically one of the uh, a worldwide treasure of, of writing, one of the most successful uh, sci-fi fantasy uh, writers on the planet. He's a professor at a school in London and has been a professor for many, many years. He's still, he just put out Good Omens with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. He's got a brand new Sandman series coming out. So here's a guy who's teaching, but he also has award-winning shows, best-selling books, blockbuster films. Is he British? Yeah, he's a British. Okay, is this American thing that people think like, oh, you know, you're a loser, Mm -hmm. you're teaching now? I I think it is because what a lot of people go to is they always, you know, like... uh, like a, one show that I really like is like the Kaminsky method, you know, with uh, Michael Douglas yeah. and Alan Arkin. And of course, in that, Michael Douglas is a acting coach now, and he used to be an actor in the 70s and things like that. But he also coached some of the greatest living actors that 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 exist now. And but they do play the well, you're teaching acting now, so obviously it's all over and all the. And I personally don't agree with that at all. Uh, there are some people who are very stringent about like, you know, I will never teach my art. I will never teach my craft because the moment I'm teaching, I, that means I'm done working. I'm done creating. I've given up on, on the dream. And no, (laughs) I don't, I don't buy that at all. Uh, mostly because if you have made the decision to educate others with your art, if it's the only way it's a failure is if you make it a failure. If you just check out, if you just punch out, if your action is, I just need to make a living, I don't care about my dreams or my goals or creating anything anymore, then yeah, it's a failure. But that's true for anything you do. If you go out and you decide, okay, I'm going to do something really great in automotive and I'm going to build the next, you know, super fast race car or whatever, but I end up getting a job at AutoZone and I don't really care and I check out and I stop working on my project and I stop learning and growing and you, yeah, you're going to fail. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be becoming someone who teaches your art is not a default setting that you have given up. And in fact, for a lot of people, 
when they start teaching, they reinvigorate the reason why they got into it in the first place. Yeah, I just, you know, I I find that I'm just teaching people I want what I want to know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like I wrote this new book, The New Comedy Bible. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's uh I I thought, you know, I think I want to start doing stand-up again because I've been teaching Mm -hmm. and I've been writing a lot of jokes and stuff but I put them in my speech Mm -hmm. right and so I wrote this book and it has 48 exercises and and I just finished it just went off to the publisher Mm -hmm. done coming out January 22nd everybody but what I found is that oh I better read my book now (laughs) and I'm gonna read my book and do the exercise then I realized Oh, that's what I why I wrote it. Mm-hmm. I wrote it because I want to do it. And I found that um, I learned how to write material because it's easier to write for other people mm-hmm. than myself. Okay. Like when I, do, when I write for myself, I have to go through a thick web of insecurity. Oh, uh, okay. When I write for, it's like amazing. Like everything I write, I sit there and go, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that'll bomb. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. and, and the truth is it's, the pain is because it's too vulnerable. Yeah. You know, I'm writing something too close to the bone and it's so scary. And I can't tell the difference when I write comedy between is this, is my anxiety because it sucks mm-hmm. or is my anxiety because it's too real Mm. and i think about like john lennon um documentary and he's like he plays imagine uh, on the piano and he's at his house and there's a lot of other people there and they go is it any good (laughs) (laughs) you know this was i think uh, imagine was like named the song of the decade yeah and that gave me good insight to go it's really hard when you write something from your heart to have a perspective on it. Mm. So when I teach other people, it's kind of weird, but I'm so confident. Mm. And I'll I'll go, I'll write a joke for them. He goes, I'm not sure. No, no, that'll kill. Oh, right? Okay. I'll go, no, no, that'll kill. And then add this to it, and then I'll write more. And they go, wow, it just comes out of you. And I go, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, write this, then write that, and then say this, and then do this. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come back, and they go, whoa, it killed. Yeah. I'm writing a speech. Whoa, got a standing ovation. Okay, time to write my speech. Oh, oh God. Everyone's going to hate me. But, but every, every joke I write for somebody else has added to my skill set of being a better performer. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot more insecurity writing for myself. But I find that when I teach, it's amazing because when you teach, it's, it's, I, t- I tell people, you know, go teach somebody because you realize you know a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. And you also get a, a sense of how much you know is worth when they pay you mm-hmm. to help them. Exactly. And so on top of identifying, you know, the the skills that you that you may have forgotten how how good you are at something or how much you know, a great thing about teaching is it also helps you organize your thoughts. Because when you're just working on yourself and doing your own stuff, sometimes you don't have any structure, you have no idea, uh. you have to, you're kind of all over the place. And then if you have to turn around and teach it to somebody else, you can't just teach someone stream of conscious. They're never going to learn it. You have to create a structure, a plan, something that that will help them figure it out. And then suddenly you realize, oh, my gosh, 
I have a plan now. <laughs> I have a <laughs> right. system. I never knew I had a system, but I actually do have a system. It just took me teaching someone else that thing for me to realize, oh, I can organize this, you know? And then it goes from, oh, this isn't like hindering the dream. This now just completely accelerated the dream because I now have a process, something I've never had before. I look at that, what you're, you're talking about, mm -hmm. as we creatives know how to play in the sandbox, mm -hmm. right? But I look at as teaching as, let me build the sandbox. Mm -hmm. Now I have a place to play with other people in it, exactly. right? It's like, that's the imagery that I have. And I think that's why my book, um, my books on, on comedy have been so successful because um, nobody really has done it and figured it out mm -hmm. I mean it's rare because I, I you know you find a lot of people who are football coaches for example like they know they can't really teach what they know because a lot of it is instinctual mm -hmm. right they're going off their instinct how do you teach someone mm -hmm. instinct yep but if you really take the time to dive into it it's not only a great supplemental income mm -hmm. But it's also um, an ego boost to you yeah. to realize like, oh, it's a, it's a time you stop and go, all right, I haven't made a lot of money doing stand-up comedy mm -hmm. or speaking or doing things, but I, wow, I... I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know a lot. I know we did a podcast on working for spec. Yeah. And I know a lot of us in the creative arts, unfortunately, are working for free. Mm -hmm. And one way to, um, to change that is to start um, coaching other people. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's so great about that is that it, they introduce you to other people mm -hmm. and other people. And, and it keeps you in the creative community without having to get a day job. Exactly. Which is so awesome about it. Yeah. And another great thing about students, about someone you're teaching or coaching or any client is they're going to ask questions about things that you've never thought about asking. And then those questions are going to lead to new thoughts and new things that are going to benefit you. And that's, I always, you know, I love, or uh, years ago, uh, one of my big major clients was a, a educational company where we taught digital technology and digital arts to kids. And we, it was so, because a lot of it, yes, was annoying and aggravating and, you know, the kids weren't into it or whatever. But every once in a while, we would get a student who we knew was an artist. Like this, this kid is an artist. He's in here. He's going to be making stuff, whether there's an after school class or a before school class or not. And the questions that would come out of that kid's mouth or any of these types of kids' mouths were always things that I would be thinking about driving home afterwards. I would be like, you know what? That's a really good question how he he asked that. Or that's a really good question about, you know, the mindset of a creative. The kid isn't thinking in those terms, but when they ask that question, because, you know, the younger they are, the less walls of insecurity and stuff like that, they'll just ask stuff, you know, and you just go, wow, okay, that was direct, you know, and things <laughs> like that. But then you go, you know, I've never asked myself that question. I've never that. I've never that. I should look into that. I should do this. And suddenly you've got this little quorum of people who they may not have the level of knowledge you have, they may be benefiting from your knowledge, but they're going to ask questions and come thing, come at things from different perspectives that you may have never thought of before. Yeah. And suddenly 
that may be the spark that that starts adds, your new screenplay adds, yeah. or that starts your new career or that gets your new speech or that gets your new yes. thing. That random question from that essentially uninformed, uninhibited person who that you're giving knowledge to may be the key to unlocking your career. <laughs> yeah, it's always that way, right? Mm-hmm. Where the uh, the student becomes the teacher. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, we, we, we've all seen that. But you've mentioned something that I think um, can be problematic when you're teaching. And that is when you said that, and then that launches your own idea for your own screenplay, mm-hmm. your own new bit, your own whatever you're doing creatively, is that a lot of people will go to uh, teaching and get stuck there. Ah, And that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got stuck there Mm -hmm. and hid behind it. Mm -hmm. Okay, because sometimes it's a lot easier to, um, and and, and if you're getting steady money from Mm -hmm. it, um, I was running comedy workshops, Mm -hmm. right? So in my 30s, it was after my mom died, and she was like one of the reasons I was doing comedy because she was, you know, I wanted to please her, and mm-hmm. she loved how I was doing. You know, and when she died, I went, I had to ask myself this question: Was I doing it for her or me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I started to teach and and write books on it, and became wildly popular, and um, it became so successful. Mm-hmm. I'm doing workshops all over the world, and I loved a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. I mean, yeah. I got to travel to Russia and China and all, all these places where the Comedy Bible was published. But I stayed too long. Oh, okay. Do you know I, what now, I mean? How did you know too long? Too long was too long. Like, when when did you get that sense where you're like? I'm hiding in this. In I'm this hiding. Well, we did we did a podcast a, a few weeks earlier mm-hmm. on compulsion. Yeah. Right. And um, you know you're hiding when you're depressed, mm. things aren't right, mm-hmm. and you're not expressing yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now now I stopped teaching. Yeah. Right. I just went. I do. I'll do workshops here mm-hmm. and there right now but i'm not doing like my you know two month class and taking people through the whole process and having a showcase Mm. and um and i could see why because now i'm engaged in writing a very difficult piece uh, a one-person show and i'm coming across a lot of challenges Mm. like this doesn't work this doesn't work let me throw it out rewrite it this doesn't work throw it out rewrite it this doesn't work Wow, teaching was fun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow, teaching was great. Yeah. You know, and and I I one thing that is helping me right now like I am really having a hard time making something work and actually I'm writing something that's due in 4 weeks mm-hmm. and I'm I thought I keep thinking I broke the story and then no I didn't. Oh, I broke the story. No, I didn't. But one thing that is helping me is that I go, all right, well, I've broken the story for a lot of people. I wrote, um, you know, like, how do I open? I don't know how to open. Mm-hmm. I, don't know how. I wrote an opening for um, one of my clients, Dahlia Mogahead, whose TED Talk, I wrote her TED Talk, was voted the top 10 TED Talks. <laughs> and it said the beginning was brilliant. I go, okay, I wrote that. Mm-hmm. I wrote that beginning. I could do, I wrote for her. I could do it for myself. Yep. It's there. Mm-hmm. Because the hardest, I mean, the reason 
uh, most people fail is that they quit yeah. because you realize you have an idea of something you want to write or something you want to do and then you come to your first challenge mm -hmm. and um how do you get around it how do you yeah. get around it well now i'm doing what i did for others yeah. i'm finding my teacher mm -hmm. So this relationship between an artist and a teacher, I have to tell you this, people, nobody does it alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, to really be a good artist or a good teacher, you need to be on both sides of the coin. Yep, absolutely. And another trap that you can fall into as an as a educator, and it, this is very common in like theater, is it also feels good to have, especially if, if you're a pretty good teacher and you have students who really like you or slash idolize you or build you up and make you say, and that kind of thing is you start getting used to that constant kind of appreciation and things like that. And you'll see people who went in to do some coaching or teaching or whatever as sort of a supplemental thing as they stay there because they realized that what they really loved was the adulation. The ego. Yeah, the ego is the getting... The ego. And the they stay there forever, and, and they give up all that other that, stuff. That is a big... That was a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. I wrote a lot of books, the Comedy Bible, and You Know How to Speak, and everything, um, The Message of You, and I felt like I had a huge reputation, mm -hmm. and I would be judged. Oh, well, she's not that funny. Yeah. That was really, really hard. I think Barbara Streisand, although I'm not comparing myself to Barbara <laughs> Streisand, certainly haven't had her level of success, but she was like a legend. Mm -hmm. And then she stopped performing because how can she do that? Hello? And so... <laughs> A lot of people I know who teach acting and teach all this stuff um, are scared and hiding. Yeah. And that's what it all comes down to, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Well, that's I had that in theater school and college. You know, I went to UCLA Theater. I went in there. And, and when I went, it was the number one theater school in the United States. And I was like, I'm going to be sitting in the room with people who are making, who are writing Broadway shows, who are doing things, who are making TV shows or do that. 99% of my professors were people who had a little bit of success, jumped over to educating and then never made anything after that point. And what I found out was they got super comfortable in the college environment of performing arts, which is you getting good pay. You got all these students who are coming in who are young and don't know anything and think you're a superhero because you're at this amazing university and they don't and they kind of stop making stuff. And then when I look back at my college education, the people who I learned from the most were the people who were not considered the best professors, the, the best teachers, the best even teaching assistants. They were the people who are actually making stuff. And like a lot of the people who I really, really like are all people who are working in the industry right now who were just either like a guest professor or a this or a that. But like the main professors, the people who are supposed to be the core knowledge base. Yeah, they. I mean, maybe they found out they were better professors than they were. See, that's the fear. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the fear mm -hmm. is is. 
You know, I, I've, I'm having such difficulty with something I'm writing, and I've given up a lot right now to write this. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like, what if it really sucks? Mm -hmm. What if it sucks? What if I am not good? And I think that's something that creative people face all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, John Lennon, I don't yeah. know this imagine. Imagine <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's no country. Should I start with that? Or mm -hmm. I don't know, it sucks. Should I even do it? I mean, so, so that... That is it. And, and actually, last night I thought, you know, I have a choice. You know, Judy, you have a choice. Mm. You can not do this, right? Mm. And this not sleeping and this anxiousness and this torment will end. Yeah. And I thought about that. And then I went, if I'm not doing this, I I'm, I'm, might have a more comfortable life. Mm-hmm. I'll just be on, you know, snowboarding or whatever and don't have to worry about the next gig or the piece I'm writing. And I realized that I might as well be dead. Yeah. I might as well be dead because when you're a creative person, it's not about being comfortable mm -hmm. because being comfortable is when your career ends. Yeah. And I don't mean by career being that like, you know, you're on the radar and you're doing stuff. You know, it, uh, that's not it. It's about your creative life because that this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And that sense of, I mean, when I was a little girl at eight, I, I did, you know, I had a magic. I was a magician. I did magic and everything. And before each show, I threw up. Ugh. And um, and I was I was scared. Mm hmm and and that torment and that fear continued on in stage fright before every single thing I I do. Mm -hmm. I've that's why I took a respite from it, mm -hmm. you know. But now I'm beginning to realize that that fear. I guess they call me a counterphobe. That I only feel alive mm -hmm. when I'm feeling that fear. Yeah. Because the performance is winning. Mm -hmm. It's like. I felt the fear and I went on anyway mm -hmm. and I beat it tonight. Yeah. You know, I beat it tonight. And and so it it, it comes down to anything. It, you know, people like to to like essentially shit all over educators because of that old adage of, you know, people who can do, people who can't teach. And that is not true it, at all. If you feel like you can teach, if you want to, I actually recommend teaching to, to all sorts of creatives. If you've been doing it for a while and you have knowledge to share, especially if you have knowledge to share that will actually truly serve and benefit other people, things that will save people time, money, energy, their own torments. If you have those types of skills and those types of history and knowledge, yeah, you should be out there teaching people. You should be coaching people. That's a good thing. You're going to get as many benefits from it. The only drawback is do not fall into the trap. Do not hide in it. Don't say, I'm going to do this instead of doing my creative no. work. I'm going to do this instead of, because that's one of the, 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 the trap Matter doors fact, of it. If yeah. you're, if you're a, a speaker, I just did a consult today with um, a speaker and I, and she wanted to, you know, speak on something for, to do a TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. And I said, who have you taught this to? Mm -hmm. Right? And she goes, well, nobody. I'm, I don't teach. And I go, 
Well, when you speak to an audience, you're teaching them mm. something. So the audience can't be the first people you're teaching, mm -hmm. right? You have to have taught someplace else for credibility. Mm -hmm. And when you teach, those people you teach become your stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like Seth Rogen taking my class and mm -hmm. starting as a teenager with nothing to mm -hmm. becoming a superstar becomes part of the story of me. Yeah. And what I've done. Mm -hmm. And then that helps give me more credibility mm -hmm. and sell more books. So teaching is circular. Yeah. You know, find find somebody to teach mm -hmm. and um, a lot of comics are going to prisons now, and 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 I mean not as inmates, yeah. um, um, except for Bill Cosby, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but it was so funny because I heard Bill Cosby is a motivational speaker in prisons. Oh, jeez, so there you go. <laughs> you know, well, but that's the thing. It's like it's it's you know, like we've said in the earlier episode about you know when we talked about spec work was the you know find the reason behind you're doing the gig what do you want to get out of this gig what do you want to get out of your teaching what do you want to get out of your education find or, you know, are you educating or coaching others what do you want to get out of it yes yeah, it a Don't, book yeah. it could be a book it could that be you a ended book. up yeah. writing exactly it could be you know it could be um great stories of mm -hmm. your interaction with somebody it could literally be the reinvigoration of the original love you had for what you're doing because yeah. sometimes you need to look into the face of someone who hasn't really who's who's just starting out on their dream and remember what that was like so you can feel that again and 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 you know i have a suggestion to all of you mm -hmm. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to do, whether it's acting or voiceover work or speaking or comedy or writing, mm -hmm. this is your assignment, ready? Go out and volunteer to teach it. Mm. And you're going to be shocked to find out how much you know and how valuable what you know is. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.